Hello, and welcome to the Discover Durham podcast, a podcast about the people that make Durham, North Carolina such an amazing place to visit. I'm your host, Craig Carter, Discover Durham's social media manager. Unfortunately, less than 2% of American hotels are Black-owned, but we have one in the form of Moorhead Manor Bed and Breakfast. And today, we have one of the owners, Monica Edwards, who is the director of the African American Association of Innkeepers International. Monica, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Very excited to be chatting with you. Yes. So how did you come to own a bed and breakfast in Durham, North Carolina? Wow. It was a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> I was working for a UK-based company and being downsized and during that process of closing down the company, one of my husband's colleagues gave us a gift certificate to stay at a B&B here in Durham. And while we considered ourselves worldly, we had never stayed at a and b before. And the B&B that we stayed at was actually the Blooming Garden Inn, which is over on Holloway Street here in Durham. And it was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I was being traumatized because I was losing my job and having to shut down the company and to stay at a place like that. And it was like we weren't even in Durham didn't know anything about it. So, of course, when we came downstairs the next morning, I was intrigued with the people that were staying there, you know, very curious, like a kid in a candy shop. How'd you guys find out about this? How do you find out about bed and breakfasts? Because as long as my husband and I have been together since 1991, we've always entertained other people, planned some hellacious parties, <laughs> and we've had people living with us. So when I was like, oh, man, we can do this and get paid for it, I'm, I'm all about it. That was 1995. So for the next year or so, I was re-entered re the workplace, um, not doing what I loved doing, but I, I had a job. And over the course of that time frame, since we had stayed at one bed and breakfast, we stayed at many more bed and breakfasts across that time and had decided that this was going to be something that we would do when we retired. And primarily the thought pattern behind that was that most of the people that were owning the bed and breakfasts back then in 1995, 96 were older retired people. It was something that you naturally, I guess, retired to do this. And so we looked at it as retirement. Well, I wasn't very fond of the job that I had. And so, you know, and staying at B&Bs, my husband had the opportunity to speak with someone because he loves interior designing. And he happened to mention to the gentleman that he was working with that he'd like to find a place that we could buy and open it as a bed and breakfast. So it just so happened, um, the gentleman who he was working with at the time, who was Jack Mitchell, who was in, I think it was Mitchell's Interior Design here in Durham. He had been in business for over 50 years. And he told Daniel, he said, I know the perfect place. He said, it's right there at the corner of Moorhead and Vickers Avenue. He said, it's the Tom Cobb's house. He said, but the problem is the house is not for sale. And my very optimistic husband said, that doesn't matter because, um, you know, this inter if you can make the call to introduce me, you know, worst case scenario, if he's not ready to sell now, I can get first right of refusal for the property. So um, Jack made the phone call. Daniel went over, fell in love with the house. I'm at work not knowing anything about what's going on behind the scenes. And after Daniel does the tour, he falls in love with the house and he calls and says, hey, babe. He says, I found the perfect place for us to open a B&B. &B. And I'm sitting there looking at the phone like, who is this crazy man on the phone? Because we're not anywhere close to retirement. And uh, he says, be downstairs in front of the bank. I worked at CCB. Uh, which is now where 21C is downtown. He said, I'm going to pick you up and bring you over so you can see it. 
And I'm like, but sweetheart, I can't just walk away from my job like that. And he goes, do what you got to do because I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> so I grabbed some papers and, you know, doing t- trust in estate work, you always have to go to the courthouse. So I told the receptionist, I'll be right back. I'm going to the courthouse to file some papers. And he whisked me over there to look at the house. And I was definitely overwhelmed. This was not on the radar. The, uh, as I said, it was supposed to be something we did in retirement. I was like closer to 30. So that was not anywhere near retirement age. And but, you know, when we walked through, fell in love with the house, you know, when I got dropped back off to go back to finish my day at work, I couldn't concentrate because I'm thinking, OK, if we're going to do this, there's, you know, we have to get business plan the whole nine yards. And so we went from there and voila, we have it. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's always interesting to hear about people's mm-hmm. journeys. You, they're often a series of events that you could not have expected, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what is the history of the Moorhead Manor building? Okay. So the house was originally built um, circa around 1910. The original owner was James Cobb, who was one of Durham's founding tobaccoists. From what I understand, he was the president and owner of the Venerable Tobacco Company, which eventually was bought out by Ligon and Myers Tobacco Company, and he went to work there. Uh, Mr. Cobb worked there until he passed away. Um, And when he passed away, Edgar Toms Sr., one of his colleagues, bought the house from his widow and moved his family there, All and his youngest son was born in the house. So when Mr. Toms died in the late 30s, his oldest son, Edgar Toms Jr., actually bought out his brothers and sisters and moved into the house. And that's who we actually purchased the house from. What does it mean to be in a historic building like that? Besides the, the aesthetics of a house that was built that long ago, the, the nuts and bolts of that house are really in good shape. Um, it would be interesting to see that houses that are built today, especially with all the growth that's in Durham, that they are going to be standing 100 plus years from now. Our house is 112 years old. Um, it's a very sturdy house. It has a lot of history in it. Um, and, and you just have to love it because all, I mean, the details that were put into the building of the house are just immaculate. I, I would hate to think if I had to rebuild that house today, what it would cost mm. me. Yeah. Moving to the actual running of, of your business. Mm-hmm. What is your philosophy when it comes to creating a guest experience? Well, we want to be the epitome of Southern hospitality, good, bad, or ugly. I, I, I see Southern hospitality is always welcoming. And that's one of the things that when we have guests that are coming from all parts around the world that are not used to Southern hospitality, maybe from larger cities where people don't take the time to speak to you in the grocery store or even make eye contact when you're uh, passing by on the streets. We're, we're there for you. We, we also see ourselves as ambassadors to the city. So we try to know what's going on, keeping our pulse, our finger on the pulse of things like what types of events and activities are going on, what new things are happening in Durham. And so typically we sit down with our guests at breakfast time and get a feel for if, are you here visiting guests? What, what kinds of things do you like? So we'll know what to steer you to as to some of your sites and food while you're here in Durham. Nice. So you mentioned you're an ambassador for the city. What does that mean to represent a place like this? It makes it warms my heart. I mean, I, I don't have words for it. I mean, I when I talk to aspiring innkeepers and I talk to quite a few of them, I tell them, you know, if you're going to pick a place to open a property, it has to be some place that you at least like because you're going to have to sell that 
to your guests that are coming. You're going to have to know what's going on. Unlike some of the hotels that are in the area that employ people from all over the triangle and maybe from some other countries, when and you as a guest there, you want to, if, especially if it's your first time to Durham or visiting Durham, you want to know where can I go to get the best seafood? Where can I go to get the best pizza? And oftentimes if you're not entrenched in, in, in your job or love your city, you're not going to know where to tell people to go. Yeah, that is so true. Mm-hmm. And I I can sense there's a there's a passion. Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, in your in your voice for yes. sure. Yes. So, what do you recommend to your guests when they visit? Um, like I say, I we sit down with them and take a pulse as to what kinds of things they like, and then try to steer them in that direction. One of the things that we do prior to them getting here, when they make their reservation, we have a digital guest guide that a- actually has a link to the Discover Durham guide as well with activities and things like that so that they can they can kind of have an idea of what they want to do before they get here but then again like I said we sit down with them and say okay if you're an art person you might want to go to the Nasher you might want to go to the North Carolina Museum of Art you know there's uh, lots of artsy things downtown there are lots of art galleries it's just a matter of whether you want jewelry or whether you want what type of medium or things like that and of course since Durham is such a foodie town we can always steer you to somewhere to good food (laughs) yeah that's definitely not a hard thing to do right yes so what does it mean to be a black woman-owned business right now it's a very opportunistic time Um, I think the the world is my oyster when it comes to being having access to advertising um, grants and things such as such as that. Unfortunately, with COVID and the pandemic, you know, a lot of businesses have slowed down and have um, have had difficulty. But with uh, what's happening in the world today, there are lots of grants and things that are out there to help me to, to bridge the gap if needed as well, if, if nothing but for advertising or to make sure that people know that I'm here. And how has that changed over time since you started in the 90s? Well, when I started in the 90s, primarily the internet was very young. So the way that bed and breakfasts were advertised primarily was printed advertising, mostly through guides, travel guides and things like that. But since we've grown with the internet and you have Google and all the other search engines, you know, which on one hand is a good thing. But on another hand, it, it you have to stay on top of those things so you can be within the algorithm so that you show up and then social media and all those other things. And it's like, OK, you know, it's a trade off, but it's fun. Nice. It's a lot of fun. Nice. So how did you come to be the director of the African-American Association of Innkeepers International? It fell in my lap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, it's one of those things that, you know, if you're a diligent person and you're always there at the meeting and they need some help and you say, OK, I'll do this for a period of time. And it's like you get stuck there. So I guess that's how I got to be there. But it's, it's a fun job. Nice. It's a fun job. Uh, what kinds of responsibilities come with that? Um, basically, marketing the ends that are members of the association, keeping the innkeepers on top of the trends in the industry, because they are trade associations like the Association of Lodging Professionals, which for, is formerly known as AIHP or PI, uh, the Professional Innkeepers Association, just to, to, deal, to be able to do advocacy work for the group, because Technically, everybody's an independently owned entity, and we need to have an organization that basically can 
take the concerns to the powers to be if if they, we need a spokesperson. And how does it feel to be ahead of an organization that represents such a a wide swath of small business owners? Well, most of the time it's okay. Sometimes it feels like I'm hurting butterflies <laughs> <laughs> because everybody's and and unfor- I used to be the president of the North Carolina Bed and Breakfast and Inns Association, which was primarily North Carolina. With the African American Inns Association, it's all over the United States, so we have inns all over, and so more. It, it, when you are dealing with people regionally, it pretty much works because you know all the ordinances and things that control this particular group. But because we have people in different states, the laws and ordinances and rules change per state. So we just have, you know, I can direct them as to where they may go to find information with regards to how to operate their bed and breakfasts legally in those states. <laughs> that makes sense. What type of experience can visitors expect when they visit Moorhead Manor? They can leave their cures at the door um, and have a nice, relaxing, rejuvenating time. We offer spa services at the end. We have um, massage therapists that come in and will push your troubles away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We just recently redid our outdoor spaces. So we have a nice uh, rear garden area with a um, fire pit table and we have a bocce court on the side yard that guests can hang outside. And it's really worked, especially since COVID, because a lot of people are trying to do things outdoors now. Nice. Mm -hmm. And what are what are the rooms like? I think people are pleasantly surprised because from the outside, we're in a 1910 colonial revival style mansion. But once you walk through the doors, you're um, maybe you're you're, it's not the stuffiness that some people think. uh, And that's the way we wanted it, because we didn't want to wake up every morning at grandma's house. I mean, I think antiques look nice in other people's home. But when we were doing our um, travels and looking at other bed and breakfasts, one of the thoughts, I won't say complaints that we heard from some of the guests that there was like, sometimes you feel like you're at grandma's house and with all the little chotsky things sitting around and the antique things, it's like when the innkeepers go to bed, you have to go to bed. So you, for fear of breaking something and ended up having to, <laughs> to buy the inn before you leave. So we want our guests to feel comfortable and relaxed and be able to, and we set the inn up in such a way that even when we are not present, they can feel comfortable. And uh, we get a lot of people that are coming to the area that visit their relatives, maybe like their uh, parents come in to visit their kids or kids come in to visit their parents. And they they are welcome to invite them over to like maybe sit in the parlor and have a glass of wine or, you know, go out to dinner or come back to dinner and sit down and have a conversation. Uh, one of the trends that we've seen since COVID has been apparently a lot of people have gotten into Ancestry 23 and Me, So they, they are meeting family members that they didn't know they had. And our space is a safe space for them to reserve together to be able to come together as a, I won't say a reunion because they've never met, but a union of family members. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Do you have any standout stories that uh, come to mind at all? Well, we just had a a guest this past weekend who uh, originally from Brooklyn, her daughter has moved down here. So she's moved down to live near her daughter and um, her birthday was last month. So as a a gift for her, she thought her daughter was having her a weekend at the bed and breakfast. What she didn't know was that her daughter had contacted two of her best friends from New York to come down and spend the weekend with her. So she's walking in and she's talking on the phone, not paying attention. And she's such a social butterfly. So she walking by the opening of the living room area, she sees some people there. She goes, oh, hey. And when she stopped and realized they were her friends, she just 
busted out crying. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. I mean, and that was it's so amazing to me. I mean, it, it warms my heart to be able to have a space for people to do that. And then on Sunday morning when we were cleaning, uh, doing turnover for the rooms that the guests that check out, all I could hear was cackling in the room. And that and I, I thought to myself, I said, you know, a lot of times when we have older relatives, we don't know what to get them. It's not material things that they want. It's memories that they want. And these ladies hadn't seen each other since before COVID. And so they wow. were so happy to be able to get together and just chat it up. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. We we really enjoy what we do um, and are happy to be here in Durham. We just, we're just celebrating our 25th anniversary, and we're very happy about that, to have survived as long as we have. Because I know that it's, you know, as, a, as a business person, when I talk to my business colleagues, you know, Everybody's out there trying to have a hustle, but not, not very many businesses make it to 25 years. So yeah. I'm happy to be in that number. That's very true. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So where are you located and how can visitors book a room? Okay. So we're located in historic Moorhead Hills and here in Durham, North Carolina, where our address is 914 Vickers Avenue. You can book your room at moreheadmanor.com, and we encourage you to book direct for best pricing and your best reservation experience. We're within walking distance to the American Tobacco Campus, DPAC, the Durham, uh, the Durham Bull Stadium, as well as downtown. Nice. You can park your car and not have to move it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yes. that, that makes a big difference. Yes. And da- downtown Durham is very walkable. Very as well. So that's yeah, great. and we're located, you know, centrally located off of uh, easily accessible to both I-40 and I-85. I tell people we're uh, two hours from the coast, three hours from the mountains, four hours from D.C., six hours from Atlanta and 15 minutes from the airport. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, uh, Monica, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and sharing your passion. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for all that you all do for Durham as well. You're very welcome. Uh If you're a visitor in town, make sure to stop by our Visitor Info Center at 212 West Main Street for personalized recommendations of things to do. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major podcasting services. To follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, search for Discover Durham. Thank you to American Underground and Earfluence for hosting us in their podcast studio. And a special thank you to Blackspace and Zone for our music. I'm Craig Carter with Discover Durham. Thank you for listening.